Hey, do us a favor. If you like listening to the show, please just take a few minutes, not even a few minutes, one minute to go into Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. You know, a good place to start is a short little conversation on the weird things that I've learned um, in the brief time that Latte has had an Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, dogs are far more popular than podcasts. A hundred percent. He has twice as many followers as the podcast does, and he's only had an account for like a week. Bro. Like, (laughs) done. Anybody I know that's ever made an account for something like other than like a person or, you know, a a podcast or a group or anything like that, animals, you know, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it, you know, just a a pet or something like that, you know, a a page that's run by a person pretending to be something else or pretending Mm -hmm. to be an animal or something, you know, it's like giving some sort of anamorphic, uh, um, identity to a, a shih tzu or some shit like that just people go nuts for that and I don't know why oh yeah social media has become it's like the platform for making your your, your pet famous what's well, is I think it's a it's a form of um, escapism too because you know, we've got some horrible things in the news you know these yeah shootings all these sh- every day some shit on the news that is just going to make us feel awful or you can open up your Instagram and look at a bunch of pictures of dogs talking. Yeah, just just yeah, it's literally and you know, it's the best ones are the ones where like it's become the thing where there's like the dog dialect. Mm-hmm. Where they write as if the dog is writing the captions and um has like a speech pattern, but all dogs seem to <laughs> I haven't seen that talk, yet. Talk the same way and it's like you know, it's like broken sentences, like words in in the bad order. And like they're not dogs, they're dogs. Oh yes, they talk kind of like they're stupid, but you know, like very <laughs> like caveman almost. <laughs> exactly what I was just thinking. Like a caveman that just learned to talk. Like you know, I am dog. You know, I am small. I am small dog. Well, you know what else I've noticed too? A strain, and this is just like when the last in the last two days, if I open up his uh, open up his account and I go to the explore page. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I'll flip through there and I'll like a couple dogs or whatever. Yeah. Because um, he only follows dogs. I thought that was entertaining to have him. Only He only follows dogs and the guys from Queer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I'm flipping through the Explore page, I, it's, it's like this thing that's, you know, when you go through that Explore page, sometimes you see like one or two posts of something. And then a couple of days later, there's like three or four of it. And you realize like, oh, this is a trend that's like, slowly washing its way through my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And and the trend for this is people on the toilet with dogs inside their underwear. I I have seen that and that bothers me. It's something about it is I mean I had a I had a cat who used to like to curl up inside but I never I don't know I know that you used to take pictures of like your 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 yeah, my, when you when you're yeah, sitting my, on the toilet. Yeah, my feet from the seat. 
But something about having the animal inside there, I don't think it's wrong or weird in real life, but something about taking a photo of it is awkward. I don't know. Every time I see it, I'm jarred by it. Yeah, it's... I remember the first time I saw it and it just made me... It's that same thing like I was talking about before with the whole like... uh, Like dogs or like pets in bed, like in your sheets, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like... um, Like mine right now. Yeah. (laughs) I can feel it. I can tell. I can tell he's there. Um, oh, but he's no, it's like passed out right now. <laughs> good for him. He needs it. Um, but no, yeah, it's like it's. Uh, I don't know. I can't really describe it. It's just it's not. It's not my thing. I'm not saying you're awful people for doing it, but uh, yeah, I'm not like the the underwear thing. I can't. I I can't even. It doesn't even register for me why that bothers me. Because that's where like the, said, that's where my dirty bits go. That's where no, the dirty stuff is. Like I had a cat that would do it. Maybe you know. Maybe that's what it is. Is I know what level of of clean my underwear are. Right. If an animal were to climb inside of it, but when I see somebody else's, I don't. So then, of course, yeah. my it always goes to worst case scenario, right? Yeah. Like your dog's on your skid marks. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Or your dog's filthy, and now that's on you, and now you have some sort of you have a rash that you can't explain. Yeah. A grundle rash. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but I will. I will say that um, it's really nice having his account and mm-hmm. just being able to go over there and just look at nothing but dogs. I can understand. I never got it before. I just kind of like the reason I started it was I. I didn't want to fill the random badassery with pictures of my dog. <laughs> like, I'll just give him his his own account, right? Um, for you know, like the four or five people that I thought would want to look at pictures of my dog, <laughs> and. That's that's the whole thing that started it, and then now like it just uh, I kept doing things that would entertain me. Where I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be really funny if he only so like the first day he only followed dogs and Snoop Dogg, and that just made me laugh. <laughs> like nobody's gonna notice that, but that makes me laugh. And then going through and looking at the dog pictures, and I'm like, I understand why people get into this because it's I don't I don't know how to describe it. It sounds really weird. It's like um, innocent non-sexual flirting. Right. Yeah. Because you're, you're talking as a dog to somebody else is talking as a dog. So you can have like these cutesy, almost kidsy conversations with people. Not really conversations, but you know, back and forths. Uh-huh. That would make you a creepy weirdo if you were doing it as a human. You know, like uh, I saw there's, there's, there's this one on there. I think it, the dog's, the Instagram's account's name is uh, Little Penny Lemon. Uh, I'll put a I'll put, I'll put a I'll put a link for it in in the Instagram. But um, mm-hmm. this dog, everybody should go look at it if you know what Latte looks like because I'm pretty sure this is what he looked like as a puppy. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the picture. He the uh, I, I'm assuming it's a girl because the name is Lemon. Um, I could be wrong, but it, or Penny. Uh, but I'm looking at this dog and it's just a little bit lighter than him in color. But I'm like, oh my god, that that has to be exactly what he looked like. So I kind of, you know, like I went through a lot of pictures of this, you know, like kind of imagining I didn't get to see my dog as a puppy. Right. <laughs> and so I liked a couple of pictures. And then one of them, I, I commented like, oh, I used to look like you, you know, it's like as him. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back uh, on one of my pictures. The person comments, we think you're cute. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is, this is weird. Yeah. You're like, like, wait a minute. Where's this going? This is like really innocent, like. Not even flirting. I don't know what you would call that. It's like I don't know if there's a word for that. It's just like this. There's something really innocent and and nice about it. Yeah, Chad, I got to break something to you. Dogs are real people. 
No, you are on the fast track to becoming a furry. Mm, yes, it's because like you are not only, um, you know, taking on the persona of Latte and pretending and talking to people as if you are Latte, but you're also referring to his page and everything as if he is the one in control of it. He only follows this. He only well, yeah. does well, that. I do the same thing with our account, though. I don't. I don't admit that I run ninety percent of our account. <laughs> that is like everything that you described about how like you're talking. It's like yeah, you can. You take it on the persona of latte, and you're talking to people as latte. Like that yeah, is, it entertains the shit out of me, <laughs> right? And that's the whole like from what I've gathered. Like that's that's the kind of like you're getting into that whole oh, well, that uh, that cycle of or the uh, if that's where I'm going rhythm I'm, of yeah. If it's if it's a natural progression there, then I'm I guess I'm going to go there, and we're going to find out what it's like. <laughs> we'll definitely talk a, about it. Here. A cuddle puddle and yiffing, I think, is what the Mm, you know the, the, I've heard. the most I, I, most of what I know about furry comes from a CSI episode I saw. That's literally the words that were, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> literally, when you when you when you continued your sentence and I was trying to interrupt, that's literally the sentence I was going to say word <laughs> for word. Uh, cheers to that! Oh my god! Hey man, you can learn a lot from CSI. Bill Grissom is a genius. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot we had talked about he was one of your heroes. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's literally all I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Good stuff. Okay, well, now that we have the dog, <laughs> dog talk dog stuff out of the way. Yeah, I just thought it was it's it's been an interesting journey, so I wanted to talk about it. Because, like you said, it is nice because it is escapism. It's able to, you know, you don't feel any kind of pressure or, um, uh, like when you're going to make a post or do something or make any kind of action on social on that social media platform, you're just like, you know, there's you can't do any wrong. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. okay, I've got to, I've got to. If I'm doing something like on mine under my name, and I'm trying to like not. You know, uh, I'm trying to stay within maybe some type of um, borders of content um, that I created in my own mind. But when you're doing it as a non-identified, you know, just a an entity like a dog or some or a cat or whatever, you can post whatever the fuck you want and to kind of well, do and say whatever degree. you want. Yeah, no, but I mean, I obviously those, within reason. I think those certain parameters that you're talking about, they do begin to exert themselves even onto an animal account. Like, for example, there's a certain point. This is so weird. I never thought about this till right now. There is a certain point where you have this moment where you go, okay, is this a, is this a clean, child-friendly dog account? Or is mm-hmm. this a, you know, a dirty dog account? In other words, does right. this dog say, you know, like, screw this or, you know, like, I, I'm just taking a shit. And you, like, and I obviously I, I think I've taken the tact of of not doing that. I think it's been overdone. That's part of it. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's really funny. Your dog says I'm taking a piss. Yeah, does humans say that? Ah, but anyways, I, the, one of the reasons that that stuff has been so fascinating to me, other than the minefield that being a human being on social media is nowadays, right? Yeah, like there's just at any moment anything you say or post could just be fucking flipped and turned and railed mm-hmm. against you in some way that you never even imagined even intending. But uh, I've, like, I've had for like the last week and a half, you might have heard me talk about 
the anxiety stuff that I've gone through over the years. Mm-hmm. But slowly over the past few weeks, it started creeping back. And I thought it was like, I was pretty clear of it. You know, it goes in bouts. Yeah. No, I just know that. And I can feel it inching. I could feel it inching back. And then it got really gnarly to the point where like, uh, like my heart was just like crazy. You know, like my, it, it's, it's been worse. So I won't say this is one of the worst. This is probably one of the easier ones. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, my heartbeat was over 100 resting for wow. days other than when I'm sleeping. And it's just so gnarly. And then I started really uh, putting some some pieces together that I'd never put together. And I'm not, I'm not going to give all of the details, number one, because some of this is like personal medical stuff that I don't want the whole world to know. Hey, you don't got to air out all your laundry. Yeah, especially stuff like this. I'm like, nah, okay, no thanks. But uh, essentially, I had been tested for sleep apnea before. Mm-hmm. And of, yeah, okay, yes, you have it. Now, it's really common. I think it's one out of three people has it. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure somebody told me that in the last week. So I had it, and then um, long story short, the stupid insurance that I have, even though I pay like $600 a month, the one thing it doesn't cover is CPAP, which is stupid, hmm. um, considering that it's like preventative care because you can have stroke and all of these other things that happen from having bad sleep. So I went through all of this rigmarole of finding like a nonprofit that takes donations of, you know, like uh, somebody buys a machine and a year later they get a different one. So they donate their older one because you can't really just sell them on, uh, well, I guess maybe you can, but you know, you need prescriptions to get these things. So it's harder to resell. It's kind of an intimate, you know, apparatus. Yeah. So... It's you want it to go through like something that you trust that is going to clean it for you and stuff like that. Yeah, and test it um, because obviously you don't want to get something that's supposed to breathe. Well, it doesn't breathe for you, but assist you in breathing that doesn't work. Exactly. So, anyways, I found this. It's it's called Breathe California. It's really cool if anybody is looking for a CPAP and can't afford it in California, especially the Bay Area. I'll, I'll try to find the link for them. But I got a really a really good machine. It's I think it's only like. Two two years old, maybe it's not like a ancient model, mm. and in perfect working condition. And I, I got it for like I think a hundred bucks. Mm. And these things cost somewhere between seven hundred to you know fifteen hundred dollars. So, anyways, I bought that, but then I don't know. I've had this blockage. Maybe I didn't want to accept. Uh, I had when I did the test with before, and I had a week with a machine that they gave me this mask that I used, it was just super uncomfortable. And I think I just didn't want to accept like, fuck, I got to sleep like Darth Vader for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of propped up, you know, because uh, you have to be at some type, a little bit of an incline, don't you? Mm-mm, no, actually, no. With it, 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 I guess it wouldn't hurt, but the general idea is that, I mean, I guess to explain to, I guess I, I made an assumption that everybody knows what sleep apnea is, but sleep apnea is essentially the air passage collapses either partially or fully during the night multiple times usually they measure it by the hour and and you stop breathing and what happens you stop breathing you literally start to suffocate and you start to suffocate and so your body jolts you with adrenaline yeah and it wakes you up (laughs) mm -hmm. so yeah if you've ever heard somebody stop breathing and then choke that's exactly what's happening yeah my dad has it um my 
really good friends. He has it. Yeah, it's, it's well, I remember I had a good friend who we used to, you know, when we were in our 20s, we, we'd crash over somebody's house, you know, like we were drinking beer or whatever, we'd crash on. One of us would crash on the couch, the other one on the on the bed, and I would hear him doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound good at all. I don't know what that is because we didn't know what the hell sleep apnea was back then. Right, yeah. Like, oh, this fucker snores me. He's fucking loud. Yeah, I was like, he's like dying or something. I don't know what that is. But anyways, so with the machine, all it does is it, it pushes air into your air passage uh, that keeps pressure so that it can't collapse. And so the, the angle of your your sleeping doesn't matter um, unless you have a really long neck and you can like bend it at 90 degrees. That might matter. But for the most part, it, it's not a big deal. You can sleep on your back, sleep on your sides. I've never been able to sleep on my back my whole life because of not being able to breathe for like 20 years. Um, hmm. But anyways, the long and the short of it is I started putting things together where I'm going... That CPAP that I had, I didn't want to accept it. I never went and got another mask. I never took it in to Kaiser to have it calibrated. So it's just been sitting there for months and months, you know, like hoping, like if I ignore that, then maybe it never happened. You know, because I wasn't told I had a major case of sleep apnea. I had like, a, I would wake up six times an hour, which is like the border. Really? So, yeah. Um, oh, I guess I forgot to mention. You don't always wake up consciously. You can wake up in these little micro moments and go back to sleep and not remember ever waking up. So, like they say, ninety percent of people with sleep apnea don't even know they have it. Like in, like in the movies when they're like someone kind of wakes up and they kind of <laughs> like says some sort of random san- uh, sentence and that goes right back to sleep. Or you just wake up for like half of a second. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the adrenaline might just be a small jolt. And it just jolts you enough to take a breath. Yeah. But your mind doesn't actually fully kick, kick back into alert. Yeah. It kicks you out of the sleep cycle you're in, mm-hmm. but it doesn't kick you out of sleep completely. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I went through that for probably um, years upon years, decades. And I started putting together, I'm like, oh, I wonder if, you know, looking at the machine, like, I wonder if that's related. And just thinking about that, and then like a couple of days later, I would catch myself actually waking up in the night, like jolting awake. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to explain, but like it's waking up in the middle of a panic attack. Yeah. Because your heart is going about 130 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And you have that fight or flight and it's, it's terrifying. And well, do you also wake up feeling like... Are your thoughts like, are you kind of like out of it? Like, what the fuck? Where am I? Like, what's going on? Or, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. completely, okay. you know, like I, one, one strange incident that I had, uh, I think it was Tuesday. I was, I thought I was falling asleep, but I must have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so I, as I was falling asleep, I was thinking about something. And I must have fallen asleep in the middle of thinking about it. But to me, I was thinking about something and then all of a sudden there was this bright flash of light. You know, like those old cameras with the big flash bulbs? Yeah. It was like somebody did that in my room. Mm-hmm. And I, I woke up and I had like every thought in my head was gone. And, and what probably happened is I fell asleep. It jolted me awake. And, you know, sometimes you can 
that flash is just literally, you know, the flash of consciousness. Yeah. It's not really light. It's just like your mind manifesting something. But it seemed like I went from that thought to like having no idea why I was awake in a second. But who knows how long was between there. I was like, that 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 was weird. And it made me really nervous. I was like, that was... You know, all kinds of... It's the middle of the night. All kinds of thoughts going into your head between like, did I just have like a seizure or... Right. No, yeah, yeah. You're thinking mental stuff. Then you're like, was it the aliens? Maybe there are aliens. <laughs> you know, like maybe they just dropped me off. Maybe that start was like... Start checking your butthole. Yeah. You're thinking all this stuff, right? You're like, oh, is there a bump behind my ear? How about in my... You know, did they leave any yeah. trackers? Um, so you're thinking all kinds of weird shit. And then like two nights later, similar, except this time I, I was gasping for air. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I've been told I had sleep apnea, but I've never experienced it in the sense that those little wake-ups, those micro-wake-ups, yeah. that's how I've always experienced it. This is the first time that I woke up going, oh, this is the thing they're talking about. I'm yeah. having that right now. And then I started clicking. I'm like, okay, well, it's, and this is not from research or anything, but I know a few things about sleep apnea from when I went in before, you know, like, okay, it makes you more prone for stroke, more mm. prone for heart attack, uh, raises your blood pressure. It raises your blood sugar you know, because your body is it's in fight or flight. Can... So I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so if, you, if, this, if this thing wakes you up even once every hour, and oh, I forgot to mention, I was waking up consciously at this point right. about every two hours. All night. But I never slept for more than two hours for like four or five days. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going, I'm starting to piece it Giving together. me anxiety with all of this. <laughs> there is hope at the end of this. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going, okay, so if I'm, if I'm waking up that much, and I start thinking, I'm like, what would that do to your brain? Well, you're never going into the third cycle of sleep. I was dreaming. So I know I was going into that state because I would, I would remember dreams. But I'm not, if I'm going to waking up every two hours, but obviously it's more than that. But even at every two hours, I probably wouldn't be making it to the deep sleep cycle, which is the one that really helps with the shit with your brain. And it also is the thing that starts to, you know, that makes you, that heals your body. It's like the most healing cycle of the three. It's the one that really yeah. like uh, it cleans out your, you know, like it's the reason you get high blood pressure is because you don't go into that state and all these things. And I start putting that all together and I'm like, I have high blood pressure. I have high blood sugar. I have anxiety. And I start piecing all these things together. And I'm like, oh my God, all of this could be caused by this one thing. And and some of it's just, you know, it's conjecture, right? So I said, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. So I made an appointment. I went in, had it calibrated and I talked to the guy and the guy, and I'm, I'm telling the guy, I said like, do you think that like nobody seems to agree with me? My doctor said, ah, I don't think so. When I asked him, you know, can this cause anxiety? He was like, oh, maybe, you know, it was like a maybe thing. And then the other sleep guy that I had talked to before, he's like, oh, that's not really one of the like symptoms. And this guy looked at me, he's like, they said that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's like one of the three symptom- main symptoms. Yeah, he's like, He's like, absolutely. He's like, if you have sleep problems, he's like, of course you're going to have anxiety. He's like, especially if it raises your, messes with your blood pressure and messes with your heart rate. Like, why wouldn't you have anxiety? That's, yeah, I mean, that is anxiety. 
And that's, that's, and that's that all of this wasn't for me to tell everybody about my personal journey or anything like that. That's like the lead up to what I wanted to talk about with you is I have this theory or not even theory, a question. Obviously, I can't conjecture a theory from not being a scientist or a medical professional, but I'm wondering there's a huge, we see, we've seen like a huge increase in cases of sleep apnea. You know, like people conscious of what it is now, whereas 10 years ago, we didn't know what the fuck it was. You could say the same thing about anxiety. I'm wondering if most cases of anxiety are not these naturally occurring things, you know, like, oh, you just have anxiety. What causes the anxiety? Oh, you, nothing. You just have anxiety. Yeah. And so they give you like a medicine to deal with the anxiety. Well, what if all, of, well, not all, because it's probably never going to be 100, but what if a huge chunk of people with anxiety just have sleep problems and nobody's, nobody is treating the sleep problems. So they live their whole lives with anxiety and medication. Well, yeah, because I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've kind of always just believed not being able to sleep well has always kind of played into a lot. I mean, you can have outside forces causing your, you know, your stress and your anxiety and your depression and your, you know, your panic attacks and stuff like that. Cause you know, Everything in your day, daytime life that you know you experience and your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts and um, and I'm also just speaking from what you know how I kind of self-diagnose and experience with what I go through, and then you compare it to okay when it's time to like you said go to sleep and like the healing part of a nice deep um, you know average or maybe a little bit longer average lasting um stage of uh uh of sleep is a the biggest i think moment if you're not into meditation and stuff i mean that's like just kind of defaults meditation for you because you're just you're going out and you're just kind of letting your body relax and your mind go but if you're not ever fully reaching and you're not may not even be aware of it you just kind of accept like oh well, you know i'm never comfortable when i sleep i wake up and my neck hurts and because mm-hmm. for me every day i wake up and it's been the same thing for me like lately it's a lot of uh, a little bit more anxiety and uh, stress and stuff that than the, it had been before, you know the, the weeks or months prior um but I, it kind of seemed like more often i'd be waking up and then the weather it doesn't help either with the heat and everything it's, you know i don't have air conditioning in my house and me try neither to, try to kind of combat the heat with open window and fans and air movement and that kind of shit and um but yeah i i, I wake up probably for, say 75% of my days like with some sort of either crick in my neck or a you know a strain or something sore or something hurts or a mild headache and yep you know it's like you're just yeah you're starting off kind of ugh, and then you're like trying to do everything else and something's just it's like a pebble in your shoe or you know that's just you kind of notice it kind of don't but it's festering and it's kind of irritating getting more and more it's just before you know it, it's kind of you don't even uh, you don't realize it's just become you just accept being you know subpar. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's like um in, in everything. 
it's 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 like you it's it's minor at first, so you can control it in a way. You know, like you can you can wash over it, but yeah. then it slowly starts to get out of your control. You know, like uh, like meditation. You know, like okay, my heart rate's a little high. I'm a little tense. You can learn to meditate and calm your breath. But at a certain point, your heart gets you know it's got all this adrenaline and cortisol and all this stuff that it, you can't. And I would go through that. I would meditate, and I'm like, I'm more anxious now after meditating. Mm-hmm. And and the thing about it too is you're you're sleeping. You know, however, whatever that equates to what I'm doing, it it, it doesn't even matter. Maybe I'm getting ten hours of sleep. But it's all broken up mm-hmm. by, uh, we'll just be really generous and say into 10 chunks. So I'm only mm-hmm. sleeping one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. But if you do that for like 10 years, that's normal. Yeah. So you don't start thinking you're tired anymore. You're just like, I'm not a morning person. Yeah, no. You know, it's just you, you start normalizing because, of course, you know, like it wouldn't continue for 10 years. Yeah, it can. So I've, I've, yeah, I've been kind of sporadic sleeping, uncomfortable sleeping for more than 10 years. And I remember the first time I uh, I found, I, I got a new mattress. The first time I ever had a new mattress. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget how good I slept the night I slept on a brand new mat. You know, it's like you don't realize, you know, it's like the whole uh, uh, put a frog in a pot of water. If you boil it, It'll die. If you drop a frog into boiling water, it's going to hop right out. If you just slowly, over time, just kind of have one little thing that bothers you about your sleep or one little thing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like eventually, like you said, over time, you just, before you know it, it's it's been 10 years and you're just like, oh, I guess, I don't remember how this started, but I guess this is just how I am. You know, like, oh, I got issues with this. I got problems with my back. And it's like, yeah, you can go to get your... You you, know, you, you can, chalk it up to aging too, right? Right. Yeah. You oh, can. My can like, I'm just getting older. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna just gotta take more. Uh, you know, fucking Excedrin, or I gotta just go get some Doctor Scholl's, or I just need to do this and do that. It's like, yeah, oh, you I can do all that yoga stuff. And I gotta. I need to stretch. That's it. I just don't stretch enough, and right. which is probably yeah. true, anyways. But but still, but that's not all of it, you know, because it's you can not go the cost, and do right? you can do all that stuff, and you can do all the stretches, you can do all the things during the day that can help alleviate it. But what you're doing then is just going at the end of the day, you're just going right back to the, the source of your problem and just totally reverting back to the step one. And you're gonna have to go do it all over again. It's your right. That's it's, it's, it's like having pneumonia and taking cough drops. You're like yeah. you might not cough, but guess what? Your lungs are still infected. Yeah. And in, in, until you treat, you know, you stop treating the symptoms and start treating the disease. Um, not that I would say this is a disease, it's, you know, whatever. But in that case, you know, one of the other things the guy told me too, I forgot to mention was, he said, as far as I said, the anxiety thing, he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I can't believe they didn't tell you that. He's like, he's like, well, of course you would have anxiety. He said, because when you're getting those adrenaline shots to your body that many times a night, your cortisol levels are going to be completely imbalanced. And cortisol is literally, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat, speaking of frogs, it's literally the fight or flight hormone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be out of balance. He's like, you're going to feel so much better after you start using this. It's like your brain's going to start working better and your body's going to start working better. And so, I, of course, like me being the nerd I am, I always look at like my 
uh, Apple Watch data. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. you can look at your heart and like I, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be nerdy for a second just because I can. I'm gonna go back and tell you my heart rate range, and then uh, how it's how it's changed just in one. I've only used the CPAP one night so far. Okay, yeah. so August 11th. This is a high. This is a low to high. Uh, low. You can kind of discount the lows as being true. Because sometimes it doesn't always catch every heartbeat because it's literally beaming light through your skin. Yeah, it, it tends to, which means that sometimes your heart rate goes higher than the highest high. Also, it doesn't overcount; it always undercounts. But on August 11th, lowest was 63, highest 158. <laughs> By the way, that's really high. <laughs> um, I think that 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 is um, that's an abnormal an abnormal reading because when I look at the scale, it's a dot. So it's not part of a range line. Yeah. You can get a range. You can get, you can get weird readings like that. And it's just like a one peak. Like maybe you just, and then what that is probably is you're getting a cortisol shot from your body. You're taking a poop. Yeah. So you get a momentary like spike of the cortisol and it jacks it up that high for a second and then drops it down a little bit lower. Um, Next day, 61 to 151. Uh, day after that, better day, fifty to one nineteen. Hmm. Also, a shorter day. I didn't put on the watch till later. Hmm. Uh, next day, sixty eight to one thirty one, seventy to one twenty two was was yesterday. Okay, so before using the CPAP, literally a day before, seventy to one twenty one. Not terrible, but still, this is resting heart rate. One twenty one for a resting heart rate, not the best. That's yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty unhealthy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, actually, I take that back. Sorry, this is not resting heart rate. This is heart rate measurement period. Um, so that's the highest and the lowest. Okay, so uh, you just got to be factoring in then what it was that you were doing. Yeah. So every one of these that peak anywhere in the peak, the peak probably happened while while I was walking, which will yeah. add ten to fifteen beats a minute depending yeah, on yeah. speed. And then today, after using CPAP one night, fifty-two to one hundred five. Hmm. So. The highest I hit today was in the medium range for every day for, if I go back far enough, probably a couple months. Yeah. And I did not sleep well last night either. Because one of the problems with this, with this condition is your body is trained to jolt awake. Mine was waking up every two hours with this cortisol shot from choking. Well, you take away the choking and you take away the cortisol. Guess what? You still have muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. Your, so your body still wakes up every two hours <laughs> until it realizes that that's not going to happen anymore because it's it's waking up almost preventatively. Right. So I I can't imagine what my numbers are going to do when I start getting what I haven't had in a very long time, a full night's sleep. Mm. Oh, should be an interesting journey. It's in it's insane. And then just like looking at like the heart rate variability starts to spike up as you use the CPAP, and that's a good measurement of heart health. So I don't know. It's just really fascinating to me that there's this there's this disorder, sleep apnea, that we know is common, that we know is extremely common and and extremely undiagnosed, and that it causes this bevy of health problems 
why why do we test people for tuberculosis? Um, you know, like there's all of these 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 diseases that we test everybody for. Yep. Just to help them so that it's like, oh, you have this, let's get rid of it. Why don't we test everybody for sleep sleep apnea? You know, like, oh, why don't we prevent you from having, you know, 20 years of anxiety or having a stroke or a heart attack or mm-hmm. high blood pressure and then having a heart attack from the high blood pressure? It seems like if you're a healthcare provider and you're an insurance provider, you'd be like, and you have your yearly sleep apnea check. Well, I mean, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I've always been a very... um pessimistic you know it's like i look for uh, there's no you know there's no money in cures which is why the last you know like there's not very much people are always like having the argument you know the last thing that we cured was polio it's like well yeah of course they're gonna kind of want to keep you on treatment they want to get more money out of you so i'm sure there has to be some sort of backing because yeah you're going to test for tb and all these different things where it's like you can get, uh, oh, there's not a cure, but there's plenty of long-term um, uh, medications that you'll be able to get and this, that, and the other. But is there really, you know, aside from, you know, sleeping better, there's not really, I mean, CPAP machines, yeah, but it's not the same as making, you're not making the same amount of money off a CPAP machine that you well, are off of, I, like, prescriptions I would disagree and shit. Because, um First of all, I mean, blood pressure medication is cheap. They're not making very much money off of each person. I mean, I, my 100-day supply of blood pressure medicine is $11. That's what I mean. You know? so $11 every 100 days off of one person. That's not very much. But a CPAP machine is way more. And you every six months, you have to buy a new tube. And you have to buy cleaning supplies and you have to buy filters for it. There's way more money in the CPAP machines than there are in the medication. Well, that's what I mean is like in comparison to other, you know, um, like you're saying these other ailments and diseases and things like that, there's there's more money to be made in those. So that's probably why there's not a big push to like... I don't know because heart attack and stroke kills people. So then you get no money from them. I don't, I don't think that's what I, I agree with you that it happens in some cases, but I don't think that's what's happening here because I don't see, you know, like um, if you have some kind of non, non deadly condition mm-hmm. that requires uh, continual treatment or something like that, then yeah. Okay. Then you're getting money from this person. There's no motivation to cure that. But if the thing that they have can kill them, then you get nothing. You don't get their monthly premium. You don't get all of the treatments that they get for everything else that they have. You know, not even counting the money that you would get off of the CPAP. So I don't, I don't see a, mo- a selfish motivation on that here. I just literally think that it's a matter of a, a lack of awareness that we're that, yeah. we're we're going through this era of where we're just finally accepting that, like, oh, anxiety is normal. A lot of people have anxiety. We haven't got to that era with sleep apnea yet. And I think the bridge is really going to be when people start to realize that the two things are, for most people, linked. Yeah. I'm sure there's more, there's way more things linked to it than, you know, even we've, you know, mentioned or uh, uh, hypothesized. Because, 
there's just so much that stems from, you know, there's understanding how your brain actually kind of what affects it and in what ways those things affect it and what factors into your, your health and stuff um, is literally it's anybody's guess. We don't know a hundred percent for sure. I would say. Um, so I think the other thing too is it comes from people who are like, well, I don't snore, so I don't, I can't have sleep apnea. I just sleep bad. I just have a right. mattress or like, oh, I just, you know, um, I maybe have a, uh, you know, I, my job, you know, yeah, they because you've seen those things where they have the little to help you stop snoring. It's like a uh, chin strap. Well, it's that, or they have the inserts where it like it kicks your, it gives you an underbite while you sleep. Oh yeah, the, the like a mouth guard, football mouth guard type thing. Yeah, but it like yeah pulls your. Because I've noticed that sometimes for me, like I'll be downstairs like watching TV, and I'll be in like a recliner chair, and I'm gonna kind of start to fall asleep, and then all of a sudden. Or even if I'm not, you know, falling asleep, I'm kind of just kind of vegged out and I get in the right position. I can feel like my throat kind of close off, but that's just because like my jaw, like the angle I'm at and where my head is positioned, it's kind of closing off my throat. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, I've found, I've found that happening when I'm sleeping in that same position, like in front of the TV. And like all of a sudden I'll kind of, do that thing where I can't breathe, but that's because it's like a, if you I mean, if you put your chin to your chest, it's, right. you're going to have that kind of, I mean, you're, you're literally like, uh, you know, artificially causing sleep apnea. Right. You're, yeah. You're not so doing most, it exactly the same way, but you're collapsing their way. Exactly. And, um, so I'm sure a lot of people don't even, you know, they, there's a, probably a connotation to most people of like, oh, well, that's sleep apnea with the with the machine. Oh, that's that's something my dad has, or you know, that's something my uncle has. It's, it's right. just something like well, older that's person. Good point. You know, there's a stigma like, to it. Yeah, so it's like there's no way I have sleep apnea. Not to so, mention, it's, you're, you're thinking like, I'm never going to get laid if I have to sleep next to somebody with a mask on my this, face. Yeah, this thing that's going. That's the thing that's night. cool about my machine is it's silent. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, the other thing I was thinking about too, like in, in like, Hey, why aren't we testing for this? If, okay, we'll, we'll say at best, I've had this problem for about 10 years. Um, and that's just knowing that the symptoms that are associated with it, I've had for 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, like frequent urination in the middle of the night. Yeah. We Um, talked about that. Yeah. Um, the reason, by the way, the, I, I don't remember why it stops it, but there's a hormone that you secrete when you sleep. Mm-hmm. that prevents you from peeing. Mm-hmm. And when you have sleep apnea, it doesn't secrete that hormone. You don't secrete that hormone. So you literally have to pee all night. Interesting. But anyways, what I was thinking about is, so 10 years, me, tired, exhausted, sleeping at best, one hour chunks at a time. What if I was, um, well, I, uh, I don't drive anymore, but what if I was driving a car every day? I'm driving a car every day for 10 years with other people on the road impaired. Yeah, no, 100%. What if you're a pilot? What if you're a law enforcement officer with a gun? You know, all of these, all, all of these people, all of these areas of, of, of life, people have sleep apnea. And they're walking around like zombies and they don't know it. So in a way, it's a public health epidemic. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that more than anything is a motivation for things. It's like, hey, maybe we would have less car accidents. Just that alone. I mean, because yeah. what is that? Is it still one of the three leading causes of death in the United States, isn't it? Uh, let's see here. I know that heart disease was up there. I'm pretty sure car accidents was one. Now, who knows? The third one might be gun violence now. Mm, heart disease, cancer, unintentional injuries, chronic lower respiratory disease, stroke mm-hmm. and cerebrovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, influenza, and pneumonia. Wow. And you know, like three of those are linked to sleep apnea. Like, oh, stroke? Yeah. Heart disease? <laughs> Whoa. I just found a list that has suicide on there. I didn't even think about that. Road injury is... Uh, cancer. This one says cancer is number two. That's gnarly. Yeah, well, I guess what unintentional injuries, that's... What is that? Would that be a car accident? Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's number three. Yeah, it says um, accidents... Uh, Unintentional accidents are unintentional falls, motor vehicle traffic accidents, or unintentional poisoning deaths. So it's the number three cause of death in the United States, according to the list that you and I both found independently. Yes. Because we can't see each other's screens. Independent. Although it would be hilarious if we were both looking at the same one. (laughs) We just happened to find the same one. I'm not using Google, so I doubt it. That's true. Yeah, I always forget you're on. What is it? Duck, duck, go. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that the other day at work, and someone was like, "That's still a thing." Yeah, I don't know. And it's built into every iPhone. People don't know that you can change out Google on really your, in Safari to Duck, Duck, Go. You could change it to Yahoo, but who the hell would want to do that? Might as well just go back to AOL. Might as well go to Bing. Yeah, yeah, Bing, Chandler, Bing. Uh, yeah so like i was literally i was like racking my brain i'm like well we're gonna talk about in this episode and i have had nothing else on my mind it's when you have a health thing going on like especially something as gnarly as this it's great i mean not great comparatively great now um to where it was like four days ago but i've literally had nothing else on my mind i'm totally wrapped up in the sleep apnea world just because i think it's so it's an important thing to talk about that nobody really talks about. Nerdy. I mean, I know my, uh, like I said, my dad's dealt with it. I mean, my dad's been dealing with a lot of things health wise, but um, yeah, the sleep, sleep apnea thing has always been something because he's always been, you know, start off growing up, it was just dad was a loud snorer. Um, and I think for a long time, for general, you know, our parents' generations and stuff like people's moms just got used to dad being a loud snorer and sometimes, well, I'm just going to go sleep in the sleep in the front room tonight. You know, it's like, or you're hitting them with a pillow, like wake up, stop that. You know? Um, so as time's gone on and people have gotten more, you know, which is where I think that we were saying like that kind of stigma comes from, like people are getting, diagnosed with like okay you just you need to sleep with this apparatus on your strap to your head mm-hmm. it's, um it's definitely not cool become even yeah it's becoming more of a it's like you're trading one inconvenience for another you know 
like because yeah. for my dad, it's more stressful. Yeah, it's more stressful to get the thing on and then um, trying to do the straps, and then it's uncomfortable, and then it's like if, if it's not the right one. Or it was also like you said, you had somebody that told you misinformation. That was just probably them just being, you know, lazy or you know, in a bad mood or just like, Ugh, God, I don't want to fucking have to help this person. So yeah, no, yeah. Anxiety and stuff. Yeah, no, it's not related. And then the other guy's saying like, of course it's hundred percent related. So you have people that are, you know, you're in a medical situation, you're trusting that whoever you're talking to, if their name is tied to it or if they're there and you're in the position to ask <laughs> them a question and get information from them, you're assuming that they're schooled and knowledgeable and then also going to be truthful and professional about it but they're still human beings they're still gonna oh totally and they'll be like yeah no yeah yeah because yeah. i i've done it plenty of times where someone asked me a question it's just like i really i'm just so not even in the mood to deal with this right now i'll just say some sort of bullshit answer that i know is going to direct them away or there's also the thing that a lot of people don't realize about practicing physicians is um and they're up to date on all of the you know new things in medicine mm. up to the point that they graduate from medical school after that their life is busy treating patients they don't have the time to sit and read medical journals to find out the new findings on things so yeah. your average gp general practitioner is unaware of a lot of stuff i know there's things that i've told mine about I'm like oh there's this cuz i you know i'm nerdy like i don't just believe that there's some random website that I've never heard of that has health something dot com in it is telling me the truth. I look for the actual medical study. Yeah. And so I'll go in with him and I'm like, I heard about this and here's the medical study. And he'll go, Oh, interesting. I haven't heard about that. I'll have to read that. Because he doesn't have time. Yeah, you can't expect them to know. I mean, cops cops don't know every single law. They don't know yeah. all of that, you know, like also too, there's things constantly in the works, always constantly changing. Things are always coming up new. There's new findings. There's new this. There's new that. It's impossible for any human being to be updated on a daily basis to the minute with all of the possible, you know, facts and findings. It's not going to oh, happen. Yeah. Well, you, and you got... Uh, the problem, too, is is the way that... And this is not something that I don't, I don't think that can be changed or fixed, but you have studies being done. Well, you have one study done. Okay, so this suggests something. But you have to do more. You have to repeat that study over and over again until you can go, okay, this is repeatable. Therefore, there might be something here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's to their benefit not to read the just one study thing because you don't want, you want your doctor going, you know what? I heard there was a study that says if you squeeze orange juice in your pee hole, that it cures cancer. <laughs> And then that's the treatment that they give because one study said that, you know, it's not repeatable. It's just, you know, some freak accident happened. It was correlation, not causation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, uh, for example, I just found, excuse me, another frog in my throat. This is from UW Health. So uh, University of Wisconsin Health rate. uh, Actually, I'll just read the first paragraph. It's one sentence. Um, a continuing study of sleep problems in the general population shows some alarming findings. Over an 18-year period, people with severe untreated sleep apnea died at a rate more than three times than those without sleep apnea. But that's one study. Right. But- and it's, it's hard, and, they, and what's, what I like about the, that study and in, in in what they're saying there, obviously I haven't read the whole thing. I just found it right now. 
mm-hmm. is that they're talking about not looking for causes. They're just saying like, okay, this group had sleep apnea, this group didn't. This group died three times more than this group. Okay. Well, the one thing that we know for sure is that they had different was this thing, but it could have been something else. You know, like maybe these people also all drank tap water. <laughs> Who knows? You know, because yeah, you, if you click around the internet enough, you'll find some crazy shit like this one. Sleep apnea causes 1,400 fatalities in America each year. And that's referring to drivers suffering with sleep apnea. Yeah, but... It is believed that 3% of Americans suffer with it. Wow. I saw a thing earlier like when you were saying like the, how many people. It, was, it looked like the findings that I found. It was, it was one, in, one in six women. Um, also, too, how often can you really believe everything you read on the internet? Right. Well, the, 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 the things that I've heard about um, the commonality of it has all, has all been coming from healthcare professionals, not from the internet. But right. uh, so that's what I mean. It's like you got to stick to the things that you know are kind of untainted um, avenues for getting the information. Because if you just go to any kind of, you know, it's funny. Kind of last night, I was I turned on uh, was it Live PD, and it's like you hear these things all the time when people are kind of getting in trouble or whatever, and it's like Google it. No, that you it's not Google it because somebody right. pissed off that the cops were searching his car and he's claim you know these people that claim to think they know everything because they spend all day on the internet and just read random bullshit that anybody can fucking post on a website. Right. It's like, okay, where are you getting information from? Google. Oh, so if I go on and Google, you know. The fucking, I mean, there's pictures of that I've fucking put out on Instagram where it was my face on Bigfoot's body. Does that make it fucking factual? No. <laughs> well, and what's was also uh, important to point out specifically about Google is you have to remember that when you search for something, they're not pulling up the best answer for the question that you've asked. Yeah. What Google pulls up is the most popular, which means something that could be completely bullshit but has been clicked on a million times more yeah. than something that's true is going to come up before the thing that is true. Yeah. That's how the Google digging. algorithm essentially works. You get into doing the digging. That's why you always have to trace everything back to sources. Like when I used to do articles on, um, I used to do articles for this company called Todoist and there'd be like these stats about productivity. Like, Oh, when you do this, this is, you know, this affects the brain this way and this way. And I go, okay, that's an interesting fact. Where's this guy's source? And I go back to the source. And then that person will be quoting another article. And then that person will be quoting another article. But none... I, I'll go back like 10, 15 steps sometimes. And none of them traced back to an original study by a scientist. Something, something that was mentioned. And that it was person, something somebody said. And then somebody quoted it. And then after it got quoted enough times, it became fact. Right. Which is... Um, I've I've come across that kind of thing when it comes to like just with uh, like language, you know. Um, if something gets pronounced a certain way enough times, it's pretty much become now like that's like if you go like oh that that's not how you say that word or that's not how you say that name. It's like well if it's if it's repeated enough times and it's used enough times, then that just kind of becomes a, an acceptable variation. It's like well, no, that's not right. You know, it's like St. Paddy's Day. It's P-A-D-D-Y, not P-A-T-T-Y. But Patrick is P-A-T-R. No, it doesn't matter. 
but because it's been used so much and it's you know manufactured on little fucking flyers and fucking sparkly plastic hats and fucking fake red bullshit beards um that and it becomes now even though it's wrong it's not the right word or the right name or the right spelling it's now become one of them because it's been used so much and so widely that it's like it's out of control now it's there's no taking it back it's become a uh, popular um popularly accepted Mm -hmm. like uh you know that piercing you get under your under your lip they call it a labray piercing Uh, you know what i'm talking about so you know where where the man's soul patch is yeah the soul patch one yeah if you pierce right there it's called a labray piercing sure okay um except that the word is labret (laughs) (laughs) it's literally a french word spelled in french everybody calls it labray it's labret and anybody in the piercing industry has heard Lebray, Lebray, Lebray. It's Lebray, Lebray, Lebray. Or if you go up to Oregon and you see Williamette, you go, oh, this is Williamette Street. This is the Williamette River. Nope, sorry, Willamette. <laughs> and they are very adamant about that. I know we have some Portland listeners right now that are going, it. hell yes. <laughs> And and that's that means that that's probably not a good example because that's that was somebody's name, so pronunciations. Somebody wants to pronounce their name that way. That that's the truth of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there are tons of those things. It becomes common. Uh, you, if you if you go in, you, what's sad? Like think about uh, the usage of ironic. You know the word. The, oh, that's ironic. Like when, isn't it ironic that we both showed up at the same time? No, it's not. It's coincidental. Yeah. But now we've used it wrong for so long that it's starting to take on its opposite meaning. Yeah, like that's people use, you know, misuse uh, literally and legitimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally had a heart attack. You did? Did you go to the hospital? <laughs> no. What, they, what, can, what did they do? Do you have a stint? Did they have to go in? Did they have to operate? I figuratively had a heart attack. I do it sometimes too. I catch myself where I'm like, it literally blew my mind. I'm like, no, no, it didn't. My head is still here. <laughs> it did not blow my mind. So oh, that type of blow. Oh. Uh, my my God. Oh, I just totally snagged my shirt. Good for me. Yeah. Weird, weird topic this week, but totally on my mind because I can't get it off my mind. I'm feeling so much, even after a shitty night's sleep mm-hmm. with the mask, I feel better. Well, because it's uh, it was a point I was going to bring up earlier when you really started talking about, but I didn't want to break the stride. Was um, like when you're saying, or when you were describing, like kind of seeing it sit there in the corner and all that kind of stuff. It was like, yeah, you're putting it off and you're trying to ignore it, you know, and be like, well, if I don't pay attention to it, then maybe it's not a thing, or maybe it'll just kind of go away. It's which is a common practice I think most people do. I've experienced that throughout my entire life. I've done it. I've known people that have done it. But it's like, all you're really doing is just experience. You're just exacerbating the um, that stress and anxiety or you're spreading it just wider and wider and wider. So it's covering up just kind of everything around you and you don't even see the, you know, the horizon of it anymore. Um, but if you, like I thought for a minute when you were saying there's a, you know, uh, a happy ending to this is I thought you were just like getting it like calibrated and doing it with it, acknowledging it and just taking the time to like make some sort of steps towards having progress with it. 
alleviates some of that like okay i've i've i don't i'm not putting this off anymore i've mm-hmm. I've, I've dealt with it and i've taken steps even though it's not over and done with still i've taken steps forward and done some sort of progression like with me like i've been stressing and stuff about going to the doctor to get like you know my stomach and stuff checked out and all these different things just fully you know just having a, a checkup on my health because it's been a, a while um by the way, I have about, something to tell you about that afterwards. Remind me. Worrying about, you know, health and stuff like seeing, you know, people close to me having issues with uh, with health or just kind of that being a topic that's just kind of floating around everywhere. It's like, well, I keep putting off mine. So I kind of, even if I'm not stressing about it in the front of my brain, on the back of my brain, you know, kind of subconsciously, I'm like still like that's feeding into my anxiety and my panic attacks and my stress and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like finally now, you know, getting, you know, enough um, push, you know, um, and like kind of sometimes you need out, outward um, kind of kick in the ass to get shit done. Um, yeah. You need to be terrified for your life. Like I'm going to have a heart attack or not even that, but just like, you know, well, in my somebody, case, was- yeah, somebody around, you know, being like, look, just fucking just do it, you know, and like kind of being like a Jiminy Cricket voice of like, Hey, fucking take care of some shit you know just even if it's just you know making the appointment or making the phone call <clears throat> so i haven't actually finally done that it kind of alleviated a little bit right you know, i mean i've got i've got a plethora of things to be fucking ang- you know anxious and stressed about so there's no shortage of that for me but it's like at least it's like okay cool i feel like one thing that i've been like uh that's a daily you know bother of mine is now kind of it's not gone, but it's closer to being gone. It's just closer to being handled, closer to being um, managed better. Um, you know, going to see the dentist, you know, all these kind of things that you're like, oh God, but it's like, if you just take a minute to step back and be like, how much better is it going to be after the fact? You know, yeah, the process, like the between the now of not doing anything about it and the after when you've done something about it and gotten through it and can move on that space in between where you actually kind of have to go through the, the grunt work and the fucking um, trudge through the mud to get there. It's yeah, it might not be awesome. It might not be enjoyable. It might be kind of uncomfortable, especially if you're having to like do like, you know, a type of procedure or who know or whatever the fuck it is, whatever the topic might be. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be better though on the app, on the, on the back end because you've now removed that looming cloud. That's just been fucking raining on your parade all this time. And it's like, you can slowly start to get away, get, get rid of one of those at a time or two of them at a time or however you are able to manage it. Then you'll just as um, kind of gradually that you fell into that, or found yourself in that boiling pot of water, you're now getting out of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's, I think it, yeah, it was this week's episode on of Tim Ferriss. Uh, his podcast, he talked to this guy called uh, Safi Bacall. And one of the parts of the, it's a very interesting and wide-ranging conversation that's about three hours long. Um, but somewhere in there, they have a long talk about depression because Tim has suffered from depression, um, suicidal ideation, and all of this. And one of the things that he says in there that just, I was like, oh, that's so true. 
is he says one of the hardest parts is feeling like this is never going to get better. Mm-hmm. There, you know, like there's no light at the end of this tunnel. This is the way things are. It's never going to get better. So like the happy ending for me is not even like, yes, it's a happy ending that I'm healthier. That's huge for me. But like more when I said that, what I was referring to is uh, it's the, that if depression and sleep anxiety, uh, sleep apnea and anxiety, you know, three of them are connected for you. And mm-hmm. hopefully I, if I'm right, maybe for a lot of people, mm-hmm. then that depression, that thing that you feel like, you know, that cloud that you, like you said, yeah, you're going to have that you feel like you're going to have to carry for the rest of your life and battle. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you don't. Yeah. You know, that maybe, and I'm not doubting that there are literally people who just have chemical imbalances that have anxiety for no other reason. That there's no physical problem that causes that. But if you're one of the people that has it because of something that requires you to wear a fucking mask when you go to sleep, trust me, it's better to go through the pain of wearing the mask than the suffering yeah. of the anxiety. And, you know, like pain and, and, and suffering, those two different things. Pain you can't control. Pain comes in life. Mm-hmm. Suffering's a choice. We choose to suffer. Yeah. And we've, so we've talked about that before where there's the whole thing of people choosing, you know, everything is a choice. Right. Allowing certain things to continue and not get better does come down to just making a choice, whether or not you're aware of making the choice or not, or understanding that choices you make are affecting different, um, different, uh, aspects of your life than what you just see in front of you. Well, and one of the, one of the really important things to point out here too is all of the health stuff is number one, of course. But there's also another side of this, a very, very comparatively small, but in the context of this show, extremely important side is your brain's going to work better, which means that all the things, you know, like when we talk about wanting to do creative things and all the stuff that like you and I want to do, the audience wants to do, that they have, are trying to do or haven't done at all. If you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with being exhausted, you're carrying this heavy weight and trying to do those things in the whole time. Imagine if you could get rid of all that stuff, how much shit you could actually do. You know, you could actually like all of a sudden, you know, like who knows, maybe this like tiredness, you know, this is one of the things I got excited about when he said, your brain's going to start working better. I started thinking, I'm like, what if, you know, like if, if I've really had this as long as I think I have, what if I'm not as lazy as I think I am? <laughs> now, like, what if the reason that I have so much, because there's so many times where there are things that I want to do, like I want to work on my novel and I don't because I just can't muster the willpower to do it. What if that's not a weakness of my character? What if I've just been exhausted? Yeah. No, I mean, think of how, how often did you're just like, God, I'm just so lethargic today. You know, I'm, even today, you burn out, you know, I was like, oh, okay, do I have energy? So I took a nap with mm-hmm. the machine. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I got a little bit of energy. And it was only like a 15-minute nap. But just it's so possible that some of those things that we think are you know, like, oh, you're just, you just don't have the willpower or the grit. Maybe you have an extreme... Okay, uh, for example, this is what, one metaphor that I thought of. Somebody who's got fat that they can't get rid of on their belly. 
mm-hmm. but does has been for 10 years has been doing sit-ups. Mm-hmm. But they just can't get rid of that fat. Like for example, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to connect this, but one of the, the causes, uh, one of the things you can get from sleep apnea is a fat gut. Mm-hmm. Because cortisol has been linked in some studies to growing fat around your stomach. Interesting. Um, so people who can't seem to get rid of that no matter how much they exercise could be from that. So imagine you're that person and you've been doing these sit-ups for all these years. And then all of a sudden, the fat, you figure out a way. We'll say in this case, uh, using the CPAP, all of a sudden you start to lose that fat. Mm. What are you going to find underneath? You're not going to find a normal stomach. You're going to find this ripped-ass stomach <laughs> that's been there because you've been doing the sit-ups. The muscle has been built. Yeah. And I think about that in a mental way where if you've been struggling with all of these things and you've been exhausted and you didn't know it, you might think that all this time, like I did, like, man, my willpower sucks. But then that goes away. You're not going to find out that you just have normal willpower. You're going to find you have this fucking gnarly super willpower because the fact that you were able even to attempt during the stages of, of depression, anxiety, and exhaustion has made you a superhero and you don't even fucking know it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, like I know myself, there's a, a times and also there's a lot of people I know that... um I've heard that it's almost like they always feel like they're just on the cusp of being able to like yes accomplish these things and get it done or like you know you're just on the verge of um really um just making all of these things come to fruition that you've been wanting to do and you know either way to be creative wise or not but it's that like it's that unnamed veil just kind of or blanket just kind of draped over you and or in between you and the the rest of the path. Um, so I feel like that those are the people that are, you know, that kind of mentally shredded as like your, you know, to use your, uh, your situational scenario. You know, they've been doing all that work and they've been trying so hard and it's like, yeah. I'm like 99% there, but there's just that really big 1%, that last hump that's just stopping me. And I guess it's just, I guess it's just me, you know? And it's like, maybe it's, it's not so, you. It's so, it's like tar. Yeah. You know, like you're in this pit of tar. Like a, a great example of this is I love reading. Everybody that listens to the show, everybody that knows me knows that there's at least one thing that's always going to come up in a conversation is books. I love reading. And I understand the books I read. It's not like I've been, you know, like it's lowered my IQ and I've been reading these books going, what was that book? You know, like I understood what I was reading, but I would get to the end and I would look at people who did book reviews and who would do breakdowns of books and go, I have the knowledge to be able to do that. I've read the books. I've read other books that I can connect it to. I have a brain that works analytically in that way. and that sounds interesting. Yet I could never do it. because, And it's, this isn't even a willpower thing. I literally... I would try to do things like that and I couldn't make the connections. Obviously, I can't give 100% credit, but part of that is a misfiring brain. You know, where it's like tired. You think about that when you're tired and you just can't remember a word. Now try that on a higher functioning level where you're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to relate this to Hamlet. Oh... How does that what 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 happens in that scene again? And you're just 
in that tar. And that's one of my hopes. I'm crossing, literally crossing my fingers right now, hoping that as I get used to this machine and I start sleeping more and more, that my brain at least wipes off. I'd be happy with half that tar gone. Yeah. I'd be happy with anything less than the tar that I have now because it's one step above where I am because it's been so many things that I want to do have been such, such a struggle. And I don't understand why I literally, I literally would sit for a half hour in silence and go, what is wrong with me? Like, am I just, am I dysfunctional? I mean, it would start to affect my, my self-esteem even like it's like, am I yeah. broken? Like, yeah. or am I, am, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stupid and I just think I'm smart. Like maybe I could read these books and I think I understand them, but I can't make connections. So I just going through all this stuff and I just could never figure out why that, like you said, that, you know, that, that little bit, you know, almost like there's a, um, a moat. Mm-hmm. And, and like, why can't I just make that one little, you know, it's a three foot moat. Why can't I just get that other three feet? Yeah. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. No, I, uh... What if it totally changed this show? <laughs> well, fuck like, man, actually, I mean, you know, that refers to the 16th century. <laughs> <laughs> that won't happen. I, I, I feel like most days I'm in that, that boat of just like I'm too, too lethargic to fucking really function at my peak, even though I know I can and I know I want to. Um, you should get a sleep apnea test. I'll bring it up to my... I mean, like I say, I'm like... Made the appointment. I'm seeing my doctor on uh, on Wednesday. I got a lot of shit. I'm trying yeah. to like write down, remind myself of things that are like, hey, this is you know stuff that's been bothering me because it's been literally for a couple years now. Like, oh, I need to go to the doctor talk about this. Oh, I need to go to the doctor talk about this. No, oh, I need to see my doctor talk about this. It's like I got to try to remember all these fucking things that I've been saying over the past fucking two years. I'm like, I need to fucking find out what's up. Yep. Check this out. Do this. Like uh, you said, putting shit off. It just it's an extra yeah. burden. All you're doing is just piling it up somewhere else. It's still and there. And it's getting worse in the process too, right? Yeah. And it's just getting bigger. And then it's like, then it's just overwhelming. Because then it's that's new stress and new kind of, um, kind of an ah, fuck type moment. Because then you're like, God, there's so much of it now. Um, like, I don't even know how do I fucking make my way through all this. It's worse than in, when I just had the one really bad thing. Now I got 15 fucking really bad things. Or right. Well, I hope everybody <sighs> listening also is willing to go out there, step over the stigma, and get tested. Worst thing that happens is you find out you don't have it. Yeah, you just okay? need a new fucking mattress. You got one thing marked off the list. You're like, it's not that. Cool. Move on. You know, you know what would be hilarious right now? Is if we ended this episode and at the end, I'd be like, this episode has been brought to you by, and I <laughs> named by ResMed, the number one leading <laughs> maker of CPAP machines. <laughs> I've heard podcasts do that. And I don't know that they did it intentionally. It just happened to be the sponsor. But there's an episode and you're like, did you listen to the episode before you decided to tack on your ad and realized (laughs) that you sound like a douche? (sighs) I was like, you're full of shit. All right, guys. We're going to get out of here. So um, if you want to support the show, I I really, really would appreciate it. Um, I do a lot of work for the show. I want to keep doing it and your support would mean the world to me. You can go to patreon.com forward slash holy fool productions. And if you do that and you become 
Uh, you pick the levels of where you're available to the content. There's like almost, I'm hitting almost 100 posts of stuff there for you to look at between audio and writing things and lists and stuff like that that I put in there. Um, if you want to keep up with Mr. Tom, you can find him on Instagram as sir.beardo. And uh, if you want to follow Mr. Latte on uh, Instagram. <laughs> so yes, let's say if you want to follow me pretending to be my dog, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find uh, Latte Like the Drink. It's all one word. And of course, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, where they're both random badassery, all one word. And of course, if you dug this episode and you're listening in Overcast, hit the star. Hit it now. Star. Star. Yeah. Man, we're number one in arts right now. That's incredible. Thank you guys. Let's stay Mind there. Mind blowing. Yeah, totally. Like, like you said, we beat Come Town. We beat out Come Town. <laughs> How is that an arts podcast? But, anyways, uh, also, please share this episode with a friend. And of course, Always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That shit's important. I don't know why, but it is. It gets us in front of more eyes or more ears. I don't know how that happens, but I don't need to know. They tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends. Spread it like a a venereal disease. Whoa, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye-bye, babies. Bye-bye.